here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Folks, I want to thank all of you for hanging in. My beloved audience, which I'm blessed to have, each and every one of you. My sponsors, our affiliates, my substitute hosts. I had this infectious virus. I didn't know I had an infectious virus. I thought I had the flu. I've had this damn thing, how long, Rich? Five, six weeks? Fighting it, fighting it, fighting it. During the breaks when I was doing the show, I was sucking air. And finally, I got so dehydrated and I lost so much weight, I had to stop uh, on doctor's orders. So I'm back. I'm about 80%, maybe 85%, which is 120% for most uh, other hosts. And I want to thank you all for hanging in here. And one of the most painful parts is I have a record prior to the last six months. The best record in talk radio of not missing radio. Isn't that true, Rich? Not taking vacations, no sick leave, none of it. But this year's been a doozy. So when it comes to an end, I won't be all that upset about it. But I'm here all this week before uh, your vacation time. Uh, Typically hosts take off this week and next week. But because I wasn't here last week and a few days the prior week, I feel obligated and I am here. Not only that, I love this. I love this. But one of the most painful parts of all this was having to watch cable TV and listen to radio and shut them off. I have never seen and heard so many stupid people, so many ignoramuses, commenting about things they do not know. No wonder the American people are confused. No wonder so many Americans think the president's going to be indicted, or that he's an unindicted co-conspirator, or that he's violated campaign laws. Because they get this garbage, this propaganda day in and day out by people who are former prosecutors, former judges. Lawyers, ladies and gentlemen, former prosecutors, former judges and lawyers are a dime a dozen. Some are brilliant, some are as dumb as rocks. And it just so happens, the more outrageous the comments they make on TV and radio, the greater likelihood they'll be on Mediate and Drudge and other places. So they make these over-the-top comments. One guy's going on and on about how the president is an unindicted co-conspirator. The president is an unindicted co-conspirator. Now, how does this former judge know that? He doesn't know anything. It's not in any filing. Wasn't mentioned in any court. He just says it. And let me tell you folks something. We lawyers have rules of professional conduct that we are supposed to comply with. When a lawyer goes on a news program and accuses an individual as a matter of fact,
of being an unindicted co-conspirator. That lawyer has an obligation to cough up the hard evidence. Not surmise, not opinion. You just accuse the President of the United States of being an unindicted co-conspirator. Those words have meaning. And if the Southern District of New York did that, let's see it. Let's see it. And if he doesn't have it, the news organization should force that lawyer to apologize. It's a violation of the rules of professional conduct. It is unethical. It's not an opinion program. It's a news program. And I'm watching people. And I have to shut it off. Like this fool Jeffrey Tubin. Or these fools they drag out of the Watergate era. Now John Dean, who had his law license pulled, commenting like he's some kind of ethics expert. Or Jake Tapper, a liberal Democrat, cutting off Senator Susan Collins when she's trying to explain the campaign rules. They don't want to know the campaign rules. All they want to do is regurgitate what the Southern District of New York prosecutors have to say. And the U.S. attorney there appointed by Trump has recused himself. Are you aware of that? All they want to do is regurgitate the leaks out of of Mueller's operation. And you can tell what phony news programs these are by the politicians that they bring on. I want to challenge George Stephanopoulos right now. John Dickerson right now. Chuck Todd right now. Debate me. Debate me. On the campaign finance laws. Debate me on what the Southern District of New York followed, uh, filed. Debate me on that pleading. Debate somebody who knows what they're talking about. Notice they never have anybody on their shows who actually know the subject matter. None of the lawyers they talk to, former prosecutors, former judges, whatever, have ever filed anything with the Federal Election Commission have ever represented a client in a campaign matter. We have Bradley Smith, the former chairman of the Federal Election Commission, who first came on this program months and months ago, who's attested to the fact that this is not a campaign violation, as have I, who've dealt with these issues before. But Bradley Smith isn't on CNN or MSNBC. I haven't even seen him on Fox. He's not on the Sunday shows. Instead, they bring either punching bags on or people who regurgitate what they want to believe. That's not news. This isn't news. In August, on this program, in August, on this program, I made the point that if, in fact, these are campaign violations, then there are scores of members of Congress who've committed felonies by using taxpayer dollars in a slush fund in secret deals on sexual harassment. And that the U.S. Attorney for Washington, D.C. hasn't brought a single charge against anybody. The Public Integrity Section of the Criminal Division of the Department of Justice hasn't brought a single charge against anybody. They won't even reveal all their names. I brought that up in August. 
In fact, Mr. Producer, I also brought up the day after the election. You could see it, that they were going to try and take out this president. Either try to indict him, quote-unquote, or impeach him. And you know what? I was wrong. They started before the outcome of the election, just in case he won. That's what this is all about. There is no campaign finance case against the president of the United States. He was free to pay as much money as he wants, any way he wants, through third parties, with foreign currency, laundered through 500 different people, because they are non-disclosure agreements. And I heard one commentator say, well, except in the case of the Playboy Bunny. Well, what's the problem there? Well, he specifically, it is reported, he specifically said he wanted to do this because of the campaign. So what? That's not the test. The test is whether this event occurred campaign or no campaign. And whether settling it would make sense as a private matter. And of course, the answer is yes. Think of it this way. A person decides they want to run for president of the United States. Meanwhile, they've had a nasty divorce, and it's been going on and on. And he says, you know, you know, my divorce lawyer, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give money to the law firm's trust. And through that trust, I want you to pay a settlement. I want a sealed financial settlement with my ex-wife to put this to rest. The lawyer does it, which he's perfectly free to do, to conceal from the public, his client. And they sign the agreement. Is that a campaign expenditure? Of course it's not a campaign expenditure. Let's say I own a small business, and I've been battling unions. Been battling unions. And finally I decide, you know, I'm going to run for the Senate. I want to settle this damn thing. I call up my labor lawyer and I say, look, I'm going to give you uh, $3 million. Let's settle with the union. Go ahead. That's fine. I, I don't want this negativity going on when I'm running for office. Business decision. Is that a campaign contribution? Of course it's not a campaign contribution. It was never intended to be a campaign contribution. And the Southern District of New York, the lawyers there, are not experts on campaign finance law. They almost never deal with campaign finance laws. They're in New York. The FEC is in Washington, D.C. The judge in the case, a Clinton appointee on senior status, he's almost never dealt with campaign issues. And the fact that the judge accepts a plea agreement, a deal between the government and Cohen, is of no legal effect when it comes to the President of the United States. He's not a party to the deal. So a prosecutor can essentially write whatever they want. They can let the rat sing and then quote the rat. It's a free shot. There's nothing to counter. Nothing to counter whatsoever. And so when the media 
And some of these clowns, these former judges and former prosecutors, cite the prosecutors' uh, uh, motions and so forth. Who cares? It's not the way our system works. None of this has been put to a test. And for the four billionth time, you cannot indict a president while he's in office. So what's the point of all this? To smear him. To write it in a report. To try and defeat him in the next election. The real crime here is what's happened to our criminal justice system. The real crime here is you have a bunch of political rats in the Southern District of New York who can serve for life as civil servants, holding the sword of Damocles over the President of the United States. The real crime here is a roving, rogue, all-powerful federal prosecutor. They call him a special counsel. And you're supposed to believe he's nothing more than like an assistant U.S. attorney who's going to write a report which no prosecutor is allowed to do. He's going to write a report. This prosecutor has measly convictions, measly plea agreements. He hasn't laid a glove on the President of the United States. He hasn't laid a glove on the family of the President of the United States. And all we ever hear is a shoe is dropped. A centipede of shoes keep dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping. And nothing happens. Because the media and the Democrats are building up to a crescendo on the report. A report, the substance of which will never see the inside of a courtroom, will never be challenged under due process, will never be challenged under presumption of innocence, because it is outside the normal constitutional criminal processes. Because it's political. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. general in New York by the name of Latita James. She is a horrendous individual. Uh, she'll be very powerful. And in my view, she's already violated the, uh, the rules of professional conduct for New York. So you Republican lawyers there need to pay attention. Stop being so damn passive and lying down. She's made numerous statements about President Trump, his associates and family, about how she's going to open five different levels of investigations against them. She hasn't even been in office. She hasn't even looked at any information or evidence. The New York State Bar Association has issued preamble, scope, and comments to accompany the state's rules of professional conduct. New York's appellate division has not enacted them, so the comments are used merely to provide guidance, but they're important. They're important. Comments to Rule 3.8. A prosecutor has the responsibility of a minister of justice, and not simply that of an advocate. This responsibility carries with it specific obligations. 
to see that the defendant is accorded procedural justice and that guilt is decided upon the basis of sufficient evidence. Well, Mark, Trump's not a defendant yet. Yes, it's even worse. It's even worse. The ABA model rules. ABA standard 26-1-2D. Prosecutors should, one, ensure the criminal investigations are not based upon premature beliefs or conclusions as to guilt or innocence, but are guided by the facts. Two, ensure that criminal investigations are not based upon partisan or other improper political or personal considerations and do not invidiously discriminate against nor wrongly favor persons based on a variety of things. Well, what do you think? There's more. 3.6. The context of a criminal prosecution, a prosecutor's extrajudicial statement can create the additional problem of increasing public condemnation of the accused. Trump isn't even a defendant. He's not even accused yet. And look at the things she has said about him. Republican lawyers are just real lawyers, ethical lawyers in New York. You need to take a look at the rules of professional conduct in your state in the ABA model rules and you need to listen to what the Attorney General elect has said and you need to decide whether you need to act I'll be right back Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated tired and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the Nutrition Facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. America's most powerful conservative voice. The Mark Levin Show. Dial in now. 877-381-3811. The holidays are time for family, being thankful, and sharing blessings. And sadly, the holidays are also about scamming. Every year, fraud increases during the holidays, and the thieves like to celebrate with your hard-earned money. From fake charities to package delivery scams, tis the season for identity theft. This year, don't let the holiday spirit distract you from staying safe. You'll need identity protection more than ever. So get it from the best. My ID Care has been taking care of Fortune 500 companies for years. And now they are offering identity protection to everyone so you can make sure your whole family's covered. From tri-bureau credit monitoring to dark web scanning, it's the kind of comprehensive protection you need. Plans start for less than 10 bucks a month, and only My ID Care offers a money-back recovery guarantee. I don't worry about identity theft anymore. And neither should you. Enjoy your holidays with peace of mind from My ID Care. My listeners also get 15% off at myidcare.com slash mark and a promo code mark. So learn more and then let My ID Care take care of you. 
MyIDCare.com slash Mark, enter promo code Mark. That's MyIDCare.com slash Mark, promo code Mark. And Mr. Producer, way back in April, wasn't it way back in April that I had Bradley Smith, the former chairman of the FEC, on my program? And didn't we go through this about the campaign finance laws and how these non-disclosure agreements did not fit within those rules? He laid it out. So uh, I guess Byron York wasn't listening. So I just thought I'd want to wake him up. Cut 24. This is from April 11, 2018. The former chairman of the Federal Election Commission, who knows more and is a little pinky about the rules than the entirety of all the bureaucrat lawyers in the Southern District of New York, all the fools on cable TV, and the rest on radio. Cut 24, go. Here's the bottom line. The purpose of those laws is to prevent corruption. And one way in which campaign finance contributions or campaign contributions are different from bribes is that you have to use them to get elected. You can't use them to buy yourself, you know, grandfather clocks or fur coats or Rolex watches or something like that. And the FEC standard for that has traditionally been that you can't use uh, your campaign money for personal use. And what they mean by that is you can't use it for something that you have to pay anyway, something that's not directly for your campaign. So the question here is, uh, is this really a campaign obligation? None of these expenditures helped Mr. Trump's campaign. There's all kinds of reasons why he might want to make these expenditures, even if the allegations of Stormy Daniels are totally untrue, just for family harmony, commercial viability over the long term. And historically, the FEC has said these things are not campaign contributions. Uh, if they were, if this were, or if these were campaign expenditures, you would actually would have to pay them from campaign funds, which is really rather ironic when you consider that one of the charges against Richard Nixon in Watergate was that he was using campaign funds to pay people hush money. So that's the basic thing. Not everything that might conceivably affect a political race is a campaign contribution or expenditure. And we wouldn't want that to be the case because everything at some level can affect campaigns. We need to keep campaign finance law limited to stuff that is actually directly about campaigning. One thing I point out is that and, and this wouldn't be known normally to a judge who's not dealing with this, is that when the FEC wrote the regulation that, that says what constitutes campaign expenditures and what constitutes personal use. It rejected specifically the idea that uh, a campaign expenditure was anything related to, to a campaign and instead says it has to be something that exists only because of the campaign and solely for that reason. It's crystal clear in every respect. The former chairman of the FEC who was involved in crafting the rule Hear that, Shep? Hear that, Jake? Hear that, everybody? They don't care. They don't care. They'll change the rules, change the Constitution. They don't give a damn. Why you listen to these people, folks, I have no idea. None. Let's lay down the foundation for what's been taking place here one more time. The election was November 8, 2016. The day after the election, and I don't do this to pat myself on the hat, I'm building the case of what's going on here. Because I know you're watching this with the same fury and frustration I am. The fact that every single entity related to Trump is under investigation. The fact that the incoming head of the Intelligence Committee in the House wants to investigate all the president's banks and his tax returns. This isn't what America's about. 
This isn't what running for president is about. And the media think it's great. The media think it's great because the media hate America, too. The media hate the Constitution, too. You want to come on and debate this, fake tapper? Let's do it. Stop hiding behind your microphone and your makeup on CNN and your 12 viewers. All right, this is from the day after the election. Cut one, go. Let me tell you what the Democrats mean to do to you, Mr. Trump. They intend to sabotage you. They intend to sabotage you every step of the way and then blame you. They intend to look for every opportunity to criminalize the politics that swirls around you. And they're good at it and they do it. And if necessary, they intend to try to impeach you. Trust me when I tell you this is their agenda. They are vicious. They are ideologues. They have a Soviet style mentality. They will not allow an election to get in their way. That's the Wednesday after the Tuesday election, less than 24 hours after the president was elected. Two days later, I underscored the same point. Cut to go. And they will lay in wait, as I also told you, the day after Tuesday, Wednesday, by my calendar, that they will try and lay the case for the eventual impeachment of Trump. I'm quite serious about this. You watch Mark my words. Circle the date on the calendar. Wednesday passed. They're going to spend the next two years after maybe a month or two or three or four of smiling as they sharpen their knives. They're going to spend the rest of the two-year period doing everything they can to create scandal, to create controversy and provocation. Anybody who serves in this administration is going to be fair game. These leftists use the same tactics as the Marxists. You see them in the streets now? You think these billionaires like Soros are just going to go away? They're already plotting. They're already meeting in their little hotel rooms. They're already doing the things that leftists, radical kooks do. You think they believe in the system? They only believe in the system if they win. They don't accept defeat, ever. And Schumer's the worst of the bunch. And they are plotting right now. Mark my words. They are plotting right now. Trying to figure out ways to bring down this administration. Even before the week is over. And so is Obama. Mm -hmm. Then uh, it started. You had the appointment of Mueller, I believe, in May. Already indictment talk. Indictment talk. Three, four months into the presidency. And I seem to recall during the Clinton years, regardless of my personal opinion or anybody else's personal opinion, that the official position of the United States Department of Justice is you cannot indict a sitting president. And the United States Department of Justice, meaning Maine Justice in Washington, D.C., dictates policy to every single U.S. attorney's office, all 93 in the United States. All of them. That's the policy they must comply with. And I talked about it on radio several times, and then I went on Sean Hannity's show on June 20, 2017, because I heard Professor Meredith from Harvard saying this, former judge from New Jersey saying that, 
former federal prosecutor from Kimbuktu, saying this. So wait a minute. These guys have no idea what they're talking about. They just talk and talk and talk. And I pointed it out a year and a half ago. Cut three, go. Well, let's talk about this because um, we've had a debate the last several weeks as a result of the Jim Comey illegal leak through his law uh, professor buddy to the New York Times that the suggestion is that Donald Trump obstructed justice. Now, you and I know, and anybody with, uh, with any uh, competence knows, that the President of the United States not only didn't obstruct justice, he can't obstruct justice. That aside, this has been the debate for weeks. Obstructing justice, obstructing Well, Will Mueller investigate him? Mueller has investigated. That's not the question. That's media insanity. The issue is, why would Mueller investigate a sitting president at all as a criminal matter? Because it's been the position of the United States Department of Justice under Republicans and Democrats in a 1973 memorandum and an October memorandum under the Clinton administration that you must not, cannot indict a sitting president. Not that this president would be, that's not my point. As a matter of constitutional interpretation, for 44 years, that's been the position of the Department of Justice. We've had law professors, homeless people, would-be law professors, all over TV and radio talking about obstruction of justice. We've had media types talking about it. We've had members of Congress talking about it. It doesn't matter. The official position of the Justice Department is we don't charge a sitting president with a crime. And now live, ladies and gentlemen, they still talk this way. And they're still considered legal experts and analysts. And the anchors know what the position is at the Department of Justice just by listening to me over the last 18 to 24 months. But they continue to put out lies for Pinocchios. And then you heard last April, I played for you my discussion with Bradley Smith, the former chairman of the FEC with respect to these campaign issues. And then I got to thinking after a caller called into this program back in August about these members of Congress. Now, you've heard people regurgitate this over the last several weeks. I know I've been lying in bed and watching it and just shaking my head. Why does it take them so long? You're going to steal what I say, steal it fast. But I made this point on August 22, 2018. Now, why am I doing this? Because we're making the case to push back against the lies. Cut four, go. This is from November 21, 2017. A report at BuzzFeed published uh, a story of a former staffer for Representative John Conyers who settled a 2015 sexual harassment claim against Conyers after she says she was fired for refusing his sexual advances. Conyers denies the settlements, but of course he made them. And now we know many members of Congress did. So if in fact the Southern District of New York is correct, and they're not, But if, in fact, they are, you have a very strong case of members of Congress using federal tax dollars, slush funds, to pay off in these sexual harassment cases to get non-disclosure agreements. Which, according to the prosecutor in Manhattan, and according to Michael Cohen, the immoral, unethical, sleazy, criminal soon-to-be former lawyer, and his sleazy, pathetic, Clinton goon lawyer, Lanny Davis, 
According to all them, that's in part intended to make these candidates look good for re-election. And therefore, it violates our campaign laws. And it violates our campaign laws in significant ways then, right? First of all, they would argue that this money was spent to influence a candidacy. Again, because it makes them look better if they can keep this stuff quiet. But secondly, and this is more important actually, they're using tax dollars on a campaign. On a campaign. So every single one of these members of Congress should be dragged out of their offices on Capitol Hill. They should be handcuffed. They should be taken to jail. They should be arraigned. And they should be prosecuted. Maybe they can be in solitary confinement like uh, Manafort. And finally on this point, cut five, go. Just because a prosecutor says that somebody violated a campaign law doesn't make it so. He's not the judge. He's not the jury. We didn't adjudicate anything. It never went to court. That's number two. A campaign expenditure under our federal uh, campaign laws is an expenditure solely for campaign activity. A candidate who spends his own money or even corporate money for an event that occurred not as a result of the campaign, it is not a campaign expenditure. Let me give a few examples to help people understand this, especially the American people. Let's say I wrote these down. Let's say a candidate had said, we owe vendors a whole lot of money. We've had disputes with them, but I want you to go ahead and pay them. I'm a candidate. I don't want all this negative publicity. So he says to his private lawyer, you pay them. I'll reimburse you. Get it done. Is that illegal? It's perfectly legal. Yet according to the prosecution of the Southern District of New York, it's paid at the direction of the candidate to influence an election. Yes, Mr. Prosecutor, how stupid is your point? It's not a crime. Mark in. There's a reason you hate the media and there's a reason you hate lawyers. And when they're combined on TV, you hate them doubly, don't you? One guy out there keeps saying, <laughs> the memos say that you can indict the president and hold the indictment until he leaves office and then issue it. That's not what the memos say. The memos say exactly the opposite. The memos say you do not indict a sitting president, period. And they even go further. The memos even go further. They say if the statute of limitations runs, so be it. That you cannot have an individual prosecutor and a relatively small number of citizens in a grand jury, particularly the grand juries in an area where a president is unpopular, deciding the fate of a presidency. Notice that's never, ever discussed. Our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth. Recognize what is beautiful and hold up what is good. But the vast majority of them have abandoned their missions. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse. Rejecting the idea of objective truth, they peddle moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, none of this applies to Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. As Hillsdale enters its 175th year, remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land 
as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Chapter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide. What a college, Hillsdale. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, this is Hillsdale College. You know, we spend more time on this program talking about philosophy, principles, the founding, the Declaration, the Constitution, certain brilliant philosophers, economics, than all the other hosts combined, I'm sure. All my books touch on these subjects. Now, there's wannabes and guys who are in the dust, I understand, but that's the truth. And I want to read you a quote from Montesquieu. With the greatest influence on the framers of the Constitution, and he's mentioned several times in the Federalist Papers. I want you to listen to this quote. There is no greater tyranny than that which is perpetrated under the shield of law and in the name of justice. There is no greater tyranny than that which is perpetrated under the shield of law and in the name of justice. You, ladies and gentlemen, are witnessing tyranny and a mob. And I'll be right back. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I've been asked about this. I really don't want to spend a lot of time on this. Mika Brzezinski in her comment. You know, I don't believe in piling on. <clears throat> Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski are very hateful people. They're very nasty people. And in my view, the way they've conducted themselves over the years, they're very unprincipled people. But I don't think Mika Brzezinski is a homophobe. She said something she regrets. She's apologized twice. So get off her back. 
I mean, what else can you do? It's not like Joy Reid where you have tweet after tweet after tweet after tweet and post after post after post after post. Homophobic, bigoted, and on and on and on. So I'm no fan of the Scarboroughs in the least. And they'd like me to see me drop dead in 13 seconds. I'm well aware of that. I'm trying to be objective about this. So there, nobody cares, and I've been asked a four billion times, so I'm giving you my, uh, <clears throat> my reply. This Obamacare decision by a very courageous federal district judge in Texas. Obamacare was always unconstitutional. John Roberts rewrote the law. You remember when that decision was issued, I read it on the air, and as I was reading it on the air, I'm not going to play the tape of it. I said, this is the weirdest opinion I've ever seen. It's not written properly. It looks like it was cut and pasted. Turns out it was cut and pasted because John Roberts decided to flip sides. Anthony Kennedy went to his office to try and convince him not to. But he flipped sides anyway. And when you read the majority opinion, even structurally, it's a bizarre decision. Now, substantively... It is a thoroughly dishonest opinion. They say we need to look at congressional intent. Pelosi, Reid, and Obama, who signed it into law after who it is nicknamed, said there is not a tax in Obamacare. It's a penalty. But you see, if there's, it's a penalty. <laughs> not to get into the weeds. We've talked about this many times before. Then under the Commerce Clause, the federal government cannot force you to buy anything. Can't force you. And Roberts realized that, so when he flips sides, what he decided to do is whitewash congressional intent, rewrite the statute effectively, and turn a penalty into a tax. So Obamacare is an unconstitutional bastardization from day one. And the reason is, ladies and gentlemen, our Constitution does not confer this kind of power on the federal government. Never has, it never did. So now Congress gets rid of the individual mandate, which is really the only taxing aspect that Roberts and the others could hang their hat on because uh, that's where the penalty was. They called it a tax. And that, quote-unquote, saved the statute. But Congress got rid of the individual mandate. And so the tax argument effectively goes away, too. Well, Mark, they didn't change the statute. They didn't get rid of the whole statute. Doesn't matter. Look, you can't keep playing this three-card Monty game or this shell game. We have a Supreme Court decision. Are we going to follow that precedent? Or now we're going to jump back and say, wait a minute, let's go before the Supreme Court ruled, before there was a Roberts decision, and before there was Obamacare. You can't have it both ways. Because if you have it both ways, the constitutionalists never win, and the progressives always win. 
It's an extremely intelligent opinion that this judge wrote. But here's the problem. Those five justices are still on the Supreme Court. And by hook or by crook, they're going to uphold that statute. Now, what does that say? Shows you how corrupt it is. Shows you how corrupt it is. It was unconstitutional at the get-go. Congress follows Supreme Court precedent, gets rid of the individual mandate, should take out the whole rest of the statute. Now they talk about severability. Well, wait a minute. What about severability? Even if you sever it, you can't mandate something. It's not a tax. Severability doesn't save it. Anyway, I've heard a lot of... uh, sort of uh, off the back of the envelope arguments on this. But the judge's decision was actually quite sound. He'd make a better justice than the Chief Justice Roberts, I can tell you that. Uh, and we've heard over and over again that uh, we must not shut down the federal government. You know what's interesting, ladies and gentlemen? You want to know the truth? We couldn't shut down the federal government if we wanted to. We couldn't shut down the federal government if we wanted to. Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid payments go on and on and on no matter what. Until they go bankrupt. So that's a financial issue. Not a legal issue. So you couldn't turn off those spigots if you wanted to, today. Now, you haven't heard that in the media. By the way, if you want real news and information, the last place you want to go is to the media. And by the media, I mean these so-called news organizations. They all dance the same way. They all sing the same way. It's a chorus line. A chorus line of progressive, dishonest, Low IQ individuals with agendas. They're not there to give you the news. They're there to give you opinion. They're not there to give you the news. They're there to give you their opinion. No, you don't understand. It's our analysis. No, it's your opinion. And they are so disconnected from reality. Virtually every news show begins with Donald Trump and ends with Donald Trump. Well, you know, there's a real big world out there. There's all kinds of stuff going on that have nothing to do with Donald Trump. Domestic issues, international issues. You wouldn't know it. Because they're obsessed with and they want to take out Donald Trump. That's their reality. That's what they breathe every day. That's what they eat every day. That's what they discuss at their little social circles every day. It's not the same with the rest of us. You have real families. You go to synagogue or you go to church or wherever you go. You're trying to earn a buck. You're trying to put some money away. You're thinking about your Christmas vacation. You're doing all these other things. That's not what happens at CNN. That's not what happens at MSNBC. Frankly, that's not what happens at virtually every news outlet. 
but they project their reality, as sick as it is, onto the rest of us. Because they have the Klig lights and they have the microphones. And they have the cameras. So the best way to find out what's going on is to shut them off and go on the Internet and use websites or bloggers or other sources that you find reliable. You don't have to listen to Brian Stelter. Well, actually, you don't. But you get my point. So this government shutdown business. Will the government shut down or not? Friday night, midnight. Will the government shut down or not? They don't even tell you. What does that mean, the government shutdown? First of all, that phrase is a lie. The government doesn't shut down. You'll be long dead. Your children and your grandchildren, too, before this government shuts down, unless it shuts down from a financial and economic collapse. But legally? No. 75% of the governments have already been funded. Are you aware of this? As they point out at CNSNews.com. He signed a minibus appropriations bill, the president did, that funded the Department of Energy, Military Construction, Veterans Affairs, the legislation bra- legislative branch for the entirety of fiscal 29. That doesn't end until September 2019, the 30th. Then on September 28, Trump signed another minibus law funding the Departments of Defense, Labor, Health, Human Services, and Education through the end of the fiscal year again, September 30, 2019. And so 75% of the government's funded. Social Security, Medicare and Medicaid are specifically, as a matter of statute, carved out to be protected. The United States military and federal law enforcement specifically carved out to be protected should there be a government shutdown. Now, that's 25% of the government that's subject to a shutdown. But that's not even true. Because of that 25%, they have what's called essential and non-essential employees and tasks. A significant percentage of the 25% is said to be essential. And as I've told you before, many years ago, when I had Paul Ryan on this program, when he was actually conservative, I think he was heading the Appropriations Committee, he said that under the worst of circumstances, 17% of the government is effectively shut down when we have a full shutdown. So we cry crocodile tears. Now those of us who live in the private sector, a shutdown is a shutdown. Those of us who live in the private sector, when you're given a pink slip, you're not reimbursed later for every dollar you would have earned but for the fact that there was quote-unquote a shutdown. So even non-essential employees... Never lose out. They might be inconvenienced, but in the private sector, you actually lose your damn job. I just discussed with you in three and a half minutes something you have never heard on a cable TV show, on a network TV show, or a satellite TV show. Something you have never heard on a primetime news program. Moreover, since the 1976 Budget Act, excuse me, 1974 Budget Act. 20 different occasions in which the government is shut down. 
quote unquote, shut down. Do you remember any of them in any significant way? Were you harmed by it? Were you harmed by it? No, you weren't harmed by it. And yet it is the only tool available to a president to get spending under control or to force his priorities on left-wing radical kooks like Pelosi and Schumer who do not believe in protecting the American people from criminals, terrorists, and drug lords. Who do not believe in protecting the American people from people from, from horrific parts of the world in horrific poverty, from pouring into your hospitals, pouring into your school systems, and pouring into your jail systems. And by the way, we will never have enough Border Patrol agents or ICE agents to handle the swarms of people coming into this country. It's simply not possible. You can't catch them. We will never have enough administrative law judges to oversee their cases. They will always move into the interior of the country, always, quote-unquote, go into the shadows, always be Democrat playthings where they demand amnesty, legalization, and then citizenship. The Democrats are destroying this country from within on multiple levels, The progressives are, they're destroying the media, our colleges and universities, our politics, our immigration system, our culture, and the entirety of the nation. I'll be right back. But I still hear people say, you know, Donald Trump would help himself if he would just keep his mouth closed and stop tweeting so much. And I listen to the people who say these things. And I think to myself, you haven't experienced life very much, have you? Why don't you stand in his shoes just for five minutes? People are calling you Hitler, a racist, a white supremacist, an anti-Semite. People are trying to send you to prison. People are trying to remove you from office. They've tried from day one. They want access to your private bank accounts, your other financial records, your tax returns. Why? They want to indict your children. They want to destroy your children. They want to destroy your family, everything you've built, everything. Tell me, how many of you would sit quietly or talk through your lawyer? Or how many of you would fight for what you've created? Would fight for your life, would fight for your family, would fight for your business, and fight for what you honestly earned, an election to the office of the presidency? How many of you would just sit there and act like this is a game of chess? There's no fair jury here. You have a media that is obsessed and on a mission. And they prove this every single day. 
It's not a figment of our imagination. It's reality. You have a political party in the Democrat Party that has as its purpose to impose a Soviet-style investigative overreach against you and your family. You have a uh, Justice Department that in many respects is impotent with a roving special counsel. Apparently can do damn near anything he wants and will write damn near anything he wants. Now, the Constitution is thrown to the wind. Our legal processes are thrown to the wind. The election is thrown to the wind, and yet they lecture the president. You need to be level-headed. You know, you need to show strength. You need to this, that, and the other. Well, he is level-headed, and he is showing strength. But he fights back for himself, for his family, for his country. But these people ought to stand in his shoes just for a few minutes. I don't think they could stand it for 30 seconds. They'd crumble. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. Ever notice how you come across somebody once in a while that you shouldn't have messed with? That's Mark. And you can call him at 877-381-3811. Probably heard the big news by now, CRTV and the Blaze have merged to create Blaze Media. You've heard me talk about it for a while, but the liberal media in its current form is really dead. That is, it's not news. It's ideologically driven. It's phony news. They're trying to kill the debate of ideas, and we're here to expand it. It's not a merger of personalities. It's a merger of pioneer projects. It's a matter of building our platform. We're here to expand it, to take on these people. 2019 is going to be our biggest year ever. We're adding more hosts, more shows, and hopefully we'll be adding most of you too. And I wanted a chance to give you, my listeners, a small gift this Christmas season. Make it a little easier for you to sign up for Levin TV and our network at Blaze TV. 
Right now, you can get an entire year of Blaze TV, which comes to $6.58 a month when you use promo code Levin Christmas. Levin Christmas. What did I say? Levin Christmas. Go to LevinTV.com. LevinTV.com or call us at 844-LEVIN-TV. That's 844-LEVIN-TV. Well, over 20 hosts. You don't have to like everybody. But we are trying to create competition. We're trying to embrace modern technology. We're trying to stay ahead of the curve. We have to muscle up. We have to build the scale. And that's exactly what we're doing. If you're sick of CNN, if you're sick of MSNBC, if you're sick of the others, and you want to have a good time and a fun time, and you be your own program director, you decide who and what you want to watch. We'll provide you with information. We'll provide you with news. But we're not going to give you the left-wing, hate America, unpatriotic slant. We'll do the opposite. Be a great gift for Christmas. And Christmas is almost here. But it's also a great gift to yourself. So I want to strongly encourage you to sign up. Call 844-LEVIN-TV or go to levintv.com and use Levin Christmas. See that? The whole Judeo-Christian thing. Levin Christmas. Right, Mr. Producer? Levin Chanukah. Exactly. All right, let's take some calls here. All right, I got to pull this up. Hold on one second, folks. <clears throat> All right, let's go to uh, Stephen in Miami, Florida, Sirius Satellite. Go ahead. Yeah, I got two questions for you, Mark. Didn't uh, Trump say he would get Mexico to pay for the wall? Sir, why don't you talk about what you told my producer you wanted to talk about before I give you the axe? Okay, well, and, and my second question is um, the DOJ memos. That Mexico was there. never going to pay for the wall. If you listen to this program before, during, and after the election, I said so. Let me ask you a question, pal. Schumer voted to build the wall. How come he opposes it now? He voted in 2006. He didn't agree to pay $5 billion for it. No, he agreed to pay $25 billion for it. I don't think so. Yeah, I know so. What do you, well, what'd you think they were going to build it out of? Sandcastles? And also... Uh, you can't answer that question, can you, Stephen? All right, next question. Move on. The next question is um, the DOJ policy that a sitting president can't be um, indicted, that's not constitutional. No, you mean it's not in the Constitution, right? Correct. Well, you're right. So what? That's that's the policy of the United States Department of Justice that applies to its employees. That can change from administration to administration, so don't make it seem like it's... Oh, so they should change... So you believe it should be retroactively changed for Donald Trump? Do you believe that in criminal law, basically? No, that I... You, that, pay attention, I'm educating you. That, in other words, if, if a sheriff picks up somebody and he says, look, the law doesn't read the way I want it to read, so we ought to change it? This has been the position of the Department of Justice for 45 years, from Richard Nixon up through Trump. And you so hate Trump, you don't give a damn about the rule of law, the Department of Justice policies, or anything else, do you, Stephen? No, no I do care, but I want you to be consistent. If that was, I'm very if consistent. Obama, no, no, you're not, because if this was Obama, you wouldn't be saying this stuff. You wouldn't be saying what stuff? I never said indict Obama. Get no, off the I'm phone, saying- you idiot. All you're doing is talking about uh, uh, generalities and everything. You're not paying attention. You don't want to learn. 
Go back to Jake Tapper. He's your guy. I'm not your guy. Look, this show isn't for everybody. It's just not. Mr. Producer, did I ever say indict Obama? I don't know what the hell he's talking about. As far as Mexico paying for the wall, I'm the one guy that said Mexico will never pay for the wall. However, Schumer voted for the wall in 2006. Obama voted for the wall in 2006. What, they weren't planning on funding it? Then what was the last point? I didn't say the Constitution per se addresses indictment. The position of the Department of Justice applies to the Southern District of New York, and it applies to the special counsel. And that's been the position for almost half a century. But according to Stephen and all the other left-wing radical kooks out there, it ought to be changed, you see, because we hate Trump. And it just is so precious to hear leftists who hate the Constitution, who go on and on in our classrooms about how it was written and adopted by slave owners, wave the Constitution around. They can't get their arguments straight. All right. Let's continue. Eugene, Parsippany, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go ahead. Thank you for taking my call, Mark. Um, yes, sir. At one big point um, regarding the wall, um, I don't know if you remember, but when they created the uh, healthcare.gov website, which they hired um, Canadian people to do, that was a big failure, and that cost almost $2 billion. Now Trump is only asking for double that for a wall. Well, that's a good point. And let, me t- let me tell you something. I want the whole world to understand this. I've been saying out loud before I left, and now I'm back, the President of the United States needs to give a 15-minute speech to the nation. He needs to explain why we need these barriers, what's happening to the country. He needs to also explain what an insignificant fraction of a percentage of the federal budget it is. They spend $4 trillion, really more than $4 trillion. This is $5 billion. They spend $5 billion on mustard in the federal government. Wow. $5 billion on nothing in the federal government. Now, you and I know that's a lot of money, but if Trump were to create a new program to redistribute wealth to illegal aliens and said, you know what, it ought to be $23 billion, the Democrats would line up right behind him. But when he says, you know what, we need a few down payments to secure our border now. And by the way, you saw that uh, press conference. It was all over TV with Trump, Pelosi, and Schumer, right? Mm -hmm. This guy Schumer, he's hunched over. He looks bizarre. His skin is bizarre. He's, He's a freak. He's a freak. And I look at him and I say, what kind of a... You know, he ought to be an anchor on MSNBC. What's he doing there? Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing how uh, they can be attractive to certain sector of people. <laughs> well, you know, once you're elected in a one-party state like New York, it's hard to dislodge you. It's like Fe- Frankenstein in California. It's hard to dislodge them. Schmucky Schumer, hard to dislodge Menendez in New Jersey. These one-party blue states. I mean, they really are throwbacks to. Uh, to party first, country second of the Marxist mold. They really are. And that's, that's what you saw. What you really saw in the Oval Office when Trump was dealing with, with Pelosi and Schumer were two individuals in Pelosi and Schumer who are not fighting for the country. They're fighting for their party. 
Because for them, the party is the country. The party is the government. The party is all things. That's how autocrats think. That's what they believe. All right, Eugene, thank you for your call. That was my father's middle name, by the way. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. By the way, the very last footnote in the October 16, 2000 Department of Justice Memorandum for the Attorney General whether or not you can indict a sitting president according to the Department of Justice. The very last footnote addresses one of the uh, legal clowns on cable TV. Let me quote this to you. And what they're addressing here is whether you can secretly indict a president and then once he leaves office, spring it on him. Because that's what this legal clown said. Footnote 38. You got to read this stuff. Our conclusion would hold true even if such an indictment could be lawfully filed and were filed under seal. This directly addresses this. Given the indictment target, it would be very difficult to preserve its secrecy. And they cite Supreme Court United States versus Nixon. Noting parties' acknowledgement that disclosures to the news media made the reasons for continuance of the protective order no longer meaningful with respect to the grand jury's immediate finding relating to the status of the president as an unindicted co-conspirator. Permitting a process... Listen. The very last sentence of the very last footnote. Permitting a prosecutor and grand jury to issue even a sealed indictment would allow them to take an unacceptable gamble with fundamental constitutional values. So... You've been listening to disinformation for days after days after days. But again, it is the official position of the United States Department of Justice, hence it's applicable to the Southern District and the Mueller, that you cannot indict a sitting president, not openly, not secretly, not under seal, period. Period! So stop lying out there so you can get your little hits on websites so you can look like you're objective, like you really know what you're talking about. Stop lying. Stop misleading the American people. This is why they hate you lawyers. This is why they hate the media that give you a format to lie. You know, Mr. Producer and I, as something that we both wholeheartedly agree on. And no, it's not something political. We both love our different versions of the extra. Talk about how, you know, different Rich is from I, from me rather. It's a little shorter. I was a little heavier. I'm not so much heavier now. I lost 20 pounds. But anyway, and these extra, they conform to each of your bodies to provide the same unbelievable level of support and comfort. And you actually physically feel the difference. Less pain, more energy, better focus, more productivity. Now the holidays are just around the corner. And an X-Chair makes the perfect gift for a hard-working spouse or employee. 
Don't be afraid to reward yourself with your own X-Chair like I have, because you've earned it. X-Chair is introducing two new colors for the holidays. They have many, many colors, but they're also introducing red and white. Both are stunning. Why don't you check them out? Take a look yourself. Go to xchairlevin.com. That's xchairlevin.com. I dare you. Go ahead and take a look. And if you prefer one of those new standing desks, well, X-Chair has its own version called the x Flextop sit-stand desk. And you can check that out there, too, at xchair, L-E-V-I-N, xchairlevin.com. Xchair is on sale right now for $100 off. Go to xchairlevin.com now. That's xchairlevin.com. Or you can call them, 1-844-4-X-Chair. Make sure you told them Mark sent you. That's 1-844-4-X-Chair. Now, X-Chair comes with a 30-day no questions asked guarantee for complete satisfaction. So there's no risk whatsoever. I'm sitting in my X chair now. I'm working on a new book, sitting in my X chair. I'm sitting in this chair probably, I'd say throughout the day, 10 to 12 hours. And I need this chair. Go to xchairlevin.com and use code Levin Footrest, and you'll get a free footrest too. But the key is to get to xchairlevin.com. And check it out or give them a call at one 844 4 x Augusta, Georgia, the great WGAC. Go. Uh, Mr. Levin, how are you doing, sir? Okay. Um, so I know you kind of switched topics off of the Trump's meeting last week on Tuesday about Schumer and Pelosi. Um, Just try and know, keep up. I move quickly. Yeah, no, that's okay. I've been on hold for a minute. Um so what I want to say there is um, Schumer and Pelosi went in that meeting knowing that they had a certain set of goals. And one of them was to make sure that Trump took ownership of the shutdown, uh, which he has. Uh, so there's been a bunch of editorial cartoons. Some of them were pretty funny. Um, they, got, they went in there and they got what they wanted. And they left. Um, and now this comes Sunday. You had Stephen Miller on the Sunday shows going around trying to defend this $5 billion wall. Um, I don't think he's going to get it. Um, and if the government does shut down... Um, it's, he's going to take the mantle for it. He said he would. Uh, so really what I think is going to happen is they're probably just going to sign a CR. They're going to get the same they got last year, which they haven't even spent any of. They spent like maybe 80, like 20%, I think. Sir, sir, the problem with this stop and start, stop and start process and building a wall, you ever build a building that way? Um, no, but I know. Because you need to prioritize. You need to develop plans. You need to get the architecture done. You need to move all the heavy equipment into place. So when you say, wow, well, I got $1.6 billion last year, they haven't even got done. How about we secure the damn border, whatever the cost is, to protect the American people, to enforce our immigration laws, like every other damn country on the face of the earth. We spend money for crap everywhere and for everything. How about we secure our country? I'll be right back. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. 
Just briefly, let's take a look at past government shutdowns, shall we? Because you probably don't even remember them. That's how insignificant they were for most of your lives. Gerald Ford, the Gerald Ford presidency, the government shut down September 30 to October 10, 1976 for 10 days. He vetoed a, uh, Ford did a $56 billion spending bill for the Departments of Labor, Health, Education, and Welfare. We don't do that anymore. I saw Carl, Leaning Tower Pisa architect, Rove, on our favorite cable show, and he just has a religious objection to ever using the power of the purse to control spending, which is exactly why spending under George W. Bush went through the roof. And then it went through the roof under Obama, and because it's going on now, it's going to go through the roof under Trump. Republican Congresses, Democrat Congresses, Republican Presidents, Democrat Presidents. There is no incentive for 535 people, 100 in the Senate and 435 in the House, to control spending. You don't get votes when you control spending. You don't get votes when you cut programs. You don't get support when you trim departments and agencies. It's much easier to hand out candy than to take candy back. So somebody has to stand up to it. Because there are bidding wars that take place. And the bidding only goes up. And it only goes up. Which is why it is astounding and amazing that the Republicans cannot take advantage of Schumer and Pelosi, who all of a sudden put on the green eye shades when it comes to the military, federal law enforcement, and securing the border. All of a sudden, they're concerned about $5 billion. We waste a quarter of a trillion dollars a year in waste, fraud, and abuse, according to the GAO. According to the GAO. Let's go on. President Jimmy Carter. The government was shut down from September 30 to October 13, 1977 for 12 days. Then it was shut down again October 31 to November 9th for eight days. This is with a Democrat Congress. Then it was shut down again from November 30 to December 9. Armageddon, Armageddon. That is a total of 28 days. From the last day of September <clears throat> to mid-December. They were called the abortion shutdowns. Even though the Democrats dominated both chambers, they couldn't get Republicans on board when it came to using Medicaid to pay for abortions. Now it's abortion on demand and we pay for everything. Can't even defund Planned Parenthood. A federal court, the Supreme Court, effectively said... Oh, I know the, the legal niceties, but they effectively said this private nonprofit entity cannot be defunded. And if a state tries to defund them, there's a personal cause of action for anybody that uses them. We've come a long way, haven't we, in 40 years? 
Government shut down from September 30 to October 18, 1978 under Carter. 17 days. Carter vetoed a $37 billion defense authorization bill, which included a $2 billion nuclear-powered Nimitz-class aircraft carrier. He didn't think it was essential. Of course, he was wrong. He always was wrong. Like his Nundik uh, national security advisor, Zbigniew Brzezinski. The following year, September 30 to October 12, 1979, the government shut down 11 days. And you know what they were fighting over? A 5.5% raise for members of Congress in the civil service. And there was another debate over abortion. We don't even debate funding for abortion anymore. The Democrats were fighting with each other. We don't even debate it anymore. The great President Ronald Reagan. Government shut down from November 20 to November 23. He vetoed a spending bill because it didn't make enough cuts. When's the last time that happened? Government shut down September 30 to October 2 when Congress failed to pass a spending bill on time. December 17 to December 21, 1982, the month later, both the House and Senate wanted to increase public work spending in order to create more jobs. Reagan said no. The House also opposed MX missile funding. Reagan said yes. It was a major defense priority, and he got it. That's how you get the wall, Mr. President, regardless of all the advice you're getting from the Republican rhinos. November 10 to November 14, 1983, Reagan argued over the Democrat-controlled House's proposed foreign aid and spending cuts and their plea for increase in funding for education. Reagan wanted more funding for the MX missile. Eventually, they reached a compromise. September 30 to October 3, 1984, Reagan reluctantly agreed to the House's proposed crime-fighting package, but he opposed any more funding for water projects. October 3 to October 5, 1984, Lawmakers didn't pass a spending bill on time. October 16 to October 18, 1986. Democrats wanted to spend more on a welfare package. Reagan said no. December 18 to December 20, 1987. You realize there were six government shutdowns under Ronald Reagan. Democrats and Reagan couldn't agree on funding for the Nicaraguan freedom fighters. Democrats also pushed to reinstate the Fairness Doctrine. Reagan said no. President George H.W. Bush, October 5 to October 9, 1990, only one shutdown took place. October 1990, after Bush vetoed a stopgap spending bill. Shutdown happened over Columbus Day weekend. Most of the federal workers were already off for the holiday. That's what obviously concerns the Washington Post. Bill Clinton. This gets interesting. November 13 to November 19, 1995, five days. Clinton vetoed a continuing resolution over Medicare premium increases. 
December 15, 1995 to January 6, 1996. 21 days. The longest so-called government shutdown in history. This is where Clinton vetoed the Republican-controlled Congress's spending bill. And they duped it out with Gingrich and so forth. And they agreed to a seven-year budget plan. And modest spending cuts and tax increases. And then, of course, Clinton took credit for all the benefits that came out of that. Look at me. I balanced the budget. Oh, look at me. We had growth. Look at me. I'd rather not look at you. Put your pants up. Barack Milhouse Benito Obama. You might remember this with Ted Cruz, who was attacked by McConnell, attacked by Rove, attacked by the Wall Street Journal. September 30 to October 17, 2013, 16 days. Lawmakers couldn't seem to come to an agreement on the Affordable Care Act. House passed several versions of the bill to fund the government each time the Senate sent it back. So, and by the way, we won more seats after that. You'll never hear that. January 20 to January 22, 2018, last year, three days. When it comes to immigration spending, Trump and Republican lawmakers and Democrats were divided. Republicans controlled the Senate, but they still needed 60 votes to break the filibuster. So even there, Trump was fighting to get funding to secure the border wall. And that's the history. Oh, my God! Not a single Social Security check went missing. Well, if it did, it was usual bureaucracy. Not a single Medicare check went missing. Not a single Medicaid check went missing. The military never stood down. Federal law enforcement never stood down. All the essential elements of the federal government functioned. And here, we go through this because the media are filled with left-wing Democrat progressives who do not give you the news, who do not give you the facts. They give you their opinions. Oh, it's analysis. It's their opinions. Not news. Not facts. Mr. President, you need to go over their heads. Give a very thoughtful, straightforward speech to the American people. Explain what I just explained. Explain why we need to secure the border. Explain that it is you who represent the whole of the country and are trying to protect the American people. And protect them from what? Crime, terrorism, poverty. We either have a lawful immigration system or we don't have a country. I think it would be considered a great speech and it would turn the corner. Please. I actually know what I'm talking about. I'll be right back. You know the media personalities I'm talking about. You know the media outlets I'm talking about. You know what they say to your face. You can imagine what they say behind your backs. They attack you as neo-Nazis, as white supremacists, 
as racists, as deplorables. I can't think of another time in modern media history where anchors and hosts and reporters treated tens of millions of Americans this way. And I'm going to tell you why. You pretty much have a young, new set of people moving into journalism who come out of these colleges and universities, some of them anyway, or they come out of most, many of them, Democratic campaigns are off the hill. Or maybe the Obama administration. So they bring their animus for you to their so-called profession. But what is their so-called profession? What is their job? I'm telling you, you know this, I know this, but when you have more time, because you're lying on your back, you're watching this stuff, and you have to shut it off, that the last place you want to go for news and information is the news. Because they're not motivated by reporting news. They reject that as their job. Their job, they believe, is to advance an ideology. Which they view as objective truth. And in this way, they're no different than any other progressive, which has been my point all along. Whether they're tenure professors, whether they're actors that get $20 million of film, whether they're Democrat politicians, or whether they're in the media, or whatever walk of life. For them, the truth is their ideology. It's not objective truth, as per se. And they become more and more obsessed, more and more myopic, and more and more intolerant. That's why you see these vile attacks on the president, on his family, and even more, on you. They have absolutely no respect for you. None whatsoever. They're constantly attacking talk radio, and they're constantly attacking Fox News, which is odd. Because Fox News, other than the prime time and some of the other lineup, which is opinion-oriented, their news entities, other than perhaps Brett Baer, are quite liberal. So they fit in pretty much with the rest of them in that respect. Now, this isn't a criticism. It's a critique. It's a critique. So the point is, if they're not going to produce news, then what are they producing? They're producing opinion that they claim is news, or maybe they call it analysis. Well, I don't want analysis. Tell us the facts. And the other thing is, this obsession with Donald Trump. There's news beyond Donald Trump. There's a world beyond Donald Trump. There are communities beyond Donald Trump, but you wouldn't know it. There are things going on in this country and around the world that are noteworthy. But again, you wouldn't know it unless you work hard on the Internet looking at some foreign sites, foreign reporting, read 40 or 50 different sources of information. But if you listen to the top of the news on the network that I am on, it's awful, absolutely awful. It's predictable. It's pablum. 
it is thin gruel. Thin gruel. So when you look at Hollywood, which really has, but for a small minority, has a monopoly mindset, when you look at our colleges and universities, tenured professors and administrators, a monopoly mindset, and when you look at the media, pretty much a monopoly mindset, why would you go to the media for news? Go to a whole bunch of different platforms, and you're going to have to think for yourself. This is why they attack the Internet. The Internet is a threat to that. I will never understand conservatives who attack the Internet. I am viciously attacked on the Internet. Other conservatives are viciously attacked on the Internet. But liberals are viciously attacked on the Internet, too. My point to you is, Lots of things that we can't even imagine today can grow out of the Internet. As a matter of fact, I had that George Gilder interview on Life, Liberty, and Levin, and he pointed out in five or ten years, the Internet, Google, Facebook, Instagram, whatever you would say, they're all going to be leapfrogged with new technology being developed in Israel and Japan. This is the wave of the future. Digital is the wave of the future, I think. I'm not saying dismiss these older platforms. I mean, you have 300 million automobiles out there with radios. That's crucial. You still have cable, even though they're losing subscribers. You still have network. You want to use them all. But you also want to be where the people are going to go in the future. I'll be right back. Tyranny Hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Well, Christmas is here, ladies and gentlemen, but that sagging jawline and double chin don't have to be part of your celebration this year, do they? Now you can make them disappear. I'm going to tell you how. Introducing the brand new Genesel jawline treatment with dual peptide and MDL technology. Chamonix's most advanced technology ever. It not only tightens saggy jawlines, but it also plumps the lipophilic layers of your skin to contour and define the jawline within minutes. Using peptides and metolactones together for the first time, it works amazingly fast. The results get better every day. This is the last week to get the Genesel jawline treatment absolutely free when you order the Genesel for under-eye bags and puffiness. And for results in 12 hours, 12 hours, Genesel's immediate effects is also free when you call or click now. Call 800-SKIN-604. I can't make it any easier. Give it a try. 800-SKIN-604 or go to Genesel.com. End this year on a high note with beautiful skin, no bags and puffiness, and a tighter, higher jawline. Order now and shipping is also free. Here's the special number. 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, or go to Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com. Patrick, Garterville, Nevada, on the Mark Levin app. How are you? Good, Mark. How are you? Okay, sir. Thank you. Listen, I want to start by saying thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being back. We missed you, buddy. 
Thank you, buddy. I missed it too, but I appreciate it. I, I, I mean, you 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 are the beacon on the hill with the light of the of the Constitution that sets us all free. And oh, I am I'm a I, I I have a degree in journalism, a master's degree in communications, and a PhD in journalism, and I take it very very seriously. Who, what, where, why, and when to vet it? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. those yahoos out there on the networks. I don't know what the hell they're doing. All I know is everybody's looking to bring Trump down, and I'm with you wholeheartedly. I've got your back. Many other people that believe in what I say and what I do and what I write, because I write extensively for a couple uh, key people in the, in the society, and I believe in it. We are, are, are we that far astray to where we're never going to come back, Mark? I think we're at the precipice, don't you? Yeah, I do, because I, I remember hearing you with, with Sean one time, mm-hmm. and Sean made the comment that I think we're losing the country. And mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't want to go there, but I believe it. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I think we are, too. I think we are, too. They don't even... Uh, so impatient and demanding are they that they will not even allow a president, or they're trying to prevent him from serving out a term a duly elected term in office. From day one, they've tried to cripple this presidency. And it is amazing that this man can get up in the morning and function. It's amazing that this man can not only function, but that can accomplish so much, uh, given the uh, absolute uh, unconscionable behavior of the opposition party and their media mouthpieces, and within his own party, where you have uh, a fifth column. You know, headed by the likes of Corker and Flake and so forth. Yeah. Maybe maybe Donald should talk to Netanyahu about what the wall means to Israel. Well, he's 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 mentioned that now you'll have people in Congress will vote to assist other countries to build a wall. But they won't build ours. And the reason is this is this is how they're changing the states. This is why California went from Reagan country to uh, to left-wing country in really half a generation, 20 years. 20 years. That's why I left. Yep. And their next target is Texas. They take Texas. Uh, we cannot win a presidential election. It's over. And then they have all these, uh, these sleazy methods they've put in place in these all-blue states so that when the election's over, they can spend a week counting ballots you know, uh, if you if you uh, have an ingrown toenail, you can vote this long. If uh, if you dye your hair purple, you can vote this long. Uh, if you live within this area, you can vote this long. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I mean, so even God after that- the election, they're generating votes. Right, right. All right, brother. I appreciate your call, Amato. Los Angeles, California, 870 The Answer, the great KRLA. Go. Mark, thanks so much for taking my call. It's a pleasure to speak with you, and great to have you back. Thank you. I also agree with you and your last caller, and that we're on the precipice of uh, of disaster. So uh, you don't need me to tell you, but you do need to hear it, how important your work is in your show, your your radio show, your writings, and your um, CRTV, your The Blaze now, and Life, Liberty, and Liberty. No, 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 not The Blaze. Blaze TV. TV. Gotcha. Yes. Blaze TV on the online. Which yes, is sir. It, it's just 
so very important and vital if we're to restore this republic. So thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for uh, for following all that. I appreciate it, my friend. Absolutely. Um, so basically, I'm confused on why the Democrats and then the media regurgitate this term illegal immigrant and conflate immigration with border security, where it's in my eyes, I think immigration by definition is a legal process. Mm-hmm. So the only way to be an immigrant is to be a legal immigrant. But it, you know it, what? You know what, Amato? Here's the deal. If you're going to back sanctuary cities, which is a clear constitutional violation of the supremacy clause and a flat out violation of federal law. And if you're going to support judges who uh, who defy the Constitution and impose their will on top of the president, which has really never been done before in the immigration area. If you're going to be part of a party that demands the abolition of ICE without ICE, we cannot have a federal immigration force that uh, actually secures illegal aliens, including criminal illegal aliens in the interior of the United States and puts them through the deportation process. These people are about lawlessness. And yet when they get in power, they rule with an iron fist. Look at Chavez. Look at all these these tyrannies all over the world. Do not the Democrats, when you look at Sanders and the rest, do they not sound like Chavez? The late Chavez, do they not sound like these people when they talk about socialism, redistribution of wealth, free things for everybody, uh, economic equality, uh, trashing uh, central uh, uh, traditional institutions and so forth? Don't they all sound the same? It's absolutely terrifying. When I hear them talk, it 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 gives me chills. And, and how nobody else can see the correlation and hear the similarities is beyond me. I mean, mm-hmm. and furthermore, immigrants deserve immigrants that come here legally just as much as natural-born citizens deserve the safe borders that they came here for. I'd imagine that's in part at least why they came here. And for the Democrats to want to put them at risk as well as the rest of the nation is – the like Democrats said, put race above most things. For instance, when you destroy an urban police force, who do you punish? The, the citizens who live in these urban areas. They're preyed upon. When you destroy our immigration system and you have communities, Latino communities, who do the people coming here illegally who, who have uh, bad intentions, if they, you know, the ones that do, who do they prey upon? The people in those communities. Dianne Feinstein lives in a mansion with a gate. Barack Obama lives in several mansions with gates and protection. These people don't live among the people they claim to represent. They don't live in Newark. They don't live in Candom. They don't live in, uh, in East St. Louis. They don't live in uh, East Palo Alto. None of them do. Not even close. And yet, in many respects, these are their constituent groups. Yeah. Well, why is that? Uh, if I knew, I would, uh, I think I'd have my Because they show. never intend to live in a way that they seek to impose on the rest of us. That's what goes on in these autocracies. All right, Amato. Great call. I appreciate it, my friend. Uh, let's see. No, we can't do a GoFundMe to fund the wall. Uh, federal law would not permit that. Mike, Sunshine, Maryland, the great WMAL. Go. Mike, uh, Mark, thank you for taking my call, and it's yeah. great to hear your voice. Thank you. Um, I, I have a theory about the Mueller report. I think the Mueller report is going to be a nothing burger 
because a deal is going to get struck uh, so that those at the highest levels of the FBI and the DOJ and the intelligence agencies will not be held to account. And therein lies why the Mueller um, special counsel was put in place. It was, uh, if we go down, you go down. And it's a threat of, I guess... I I don't think so, because I don't think they go down. When have they ever gone down? Well, if he had not been put in place, I think um, Comey might already be, or a few others might already be in serious jeopardy. But he was put in place... As an, as, as an offensive, uh, as a tactic. An he, offensive I don't tactic. agree. He was put in place to take out Trump. Schumer pushed it. The Democrat Party pushed it. They knew when you unleash a special counsel like this, who has no uh, uh, internal governing system, who has no moral principles, who is a machine, um, and that's the history of Bob Mueller, and then you wind him up and you aim him at Trump, uh, that's the goal. Thank you for your call, my friend. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Again, I want to thank you folks for hanging in. My wonderful sponsors, my wonderful affiliates, our brothers and sisters at Satellite. All over the Mark Levin Empire. I want to thank you all. I I don't believe I've ever been out that long. Five, six, seven shows in a row. It could have easily been, folks, 20 shows in a row. Uh, Mr. Producer would tell you that during the breaks I had to shut down and, you know, suck some air. So uh, do what we could. The doctor finally said that's enough. The only way to fight this is liquids, rest, rest, liquids. My wife is the uh, the liquid, what should I call her? Water, water, water. Taskmaster. You're not drinking enough water, you're not drinking I don't like drinking water. And the one kind of water I like happens to be expensive. I don't know why, Ms. Fiji, that's the water I like, the Fiji water. All their other purified water, you know, it comes out of the tap or spring water. I don't know what spring they're talking about. But this Fiji water, which ain't cheap, if I'm going to drink bottled water, I guess, I would drink that. So they had to hook me up to some bags of uh, fluid, telling you more than I probably should, because I became so dehydrated, wasn't eating. I'm very svelte right now. Appetites picked up. I had kind of lost my voice, voice is kind of back. I'm 80, 85%. So we'll, uh, we'll get there. I'll be here all week. Be starting Levin TV tomorrow, too. I want to thank all my friends there, all my friends at Fox. Everybody's been great. You know, I want to make sure nothing comes between you and protecting your family this holiday. You need simply safe home security. If a storm takes out your power, Simply Safe is ready. If an intruder cuts your phone line, Simply Safe is ready. There is no phone line. Say they destroy your keypad or siren, Simply Safe will still get you the help you need with their backup system. Here's what I love about this. You might think it's overkill. Maybe it's the last thing you want to think about this holiday. 
But with Simply Safe, you're always ready for anything. They believe nothing should get between you and protecting your family. That's why Simply Safe doesn't cost an arm and a leg. They charge you what's fair. 24-7 professional monitoring is just $14.99 a month. There are no contracts or markups. And I recommend Simply Safe to everyone I know, especially this holiday, when you have everything to be thankful for and everything to protect. Now's the time. Go to simplysafemark.com. Easy to install, maybe 20 minutes. And it's actually fun. Simplysafemark.com. And make sure you use that website so they know that I am sending you there. So you get the benefit of all the products. That's simplysafemark.com. Go ahead and check it out now. Simplysafemark.com. Todd Asheville, North Carolina, on the Mark Levin app. How are you, sir? Hey, great. Uh, thanks for taking my call, Mark. You got it, bro. So uh, I remember hearing about the incoming New York Attorney General mm-hmm. talking about how she's going to get Trump and go after Trump. And then I read an article about every single part of his life is being investigated. It is. And, uh, you know, my first thought was, you know, where's the probable cause? Where's the due process? Yep. You can't just investigate somebody because they're president, and yet that seems what's going on. They're out of control. They have power. This is why our Constitution is so important. This is why the rule of law and our systems and traditions are so important. But when you have a breakdown of the civil society, you have a breakdown of virtue. And uh, what we see now is a mob. And I keep talking about this. The media mob, the Democrat mob, the college and university mob. And so what happens is you get groupthink. You get people who become fanatical. Um, Eric Hoffer wrote a tremendous book on this called True Believers. It's a, it's a thin book, but he was a brilliant man. He was a union longshoreman, and during his lunch breaks, he had a, uh, a notebook with him. And he would write down his thoughts, his random thoughts. And his book, True Believer, and he had, he had several books, but that, to me, was his best. That was his first. That's what that made him famous, <clears throat> as the longshoreman philosophers, they called him. Talked about these mass movements, and they get ahead of steam, And there's no rationalizing with them. There's no engaging with them. And that's what you see taking place here. See, once you lose the civil society, notice the emphasis on the word civil. Once you lose these traditions and customs in a culture, once you lose your constitutional limitations to keep in check centralized authoritarianism, then you're no different than any other failing society. Well, in in, in every... Americans should be afraid because it can happen to any one of us. But every American's not afraid. I'd say about 47% of us are. I agree, 100%. And this is also the problem with uh, open borders and open immigration, the lack of assimilation, so there's no cultural context for this country. Uh, There's no allegiance to this country. And again, I'm talking about the rule, not the exceptions. There's no reason to be. The allegiance is to the Democrat Party. The allegiance is to whomever will give XYZ the most. 
And the Democrat Party, to me, is a great danger to this society. It's been taken over by these radical 1960s types. And it is and it is pushing ahead with its agenda. You see this Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff is a poisonous individual. And he is he's he's excited about the possibility of getting Donald Trump's bank accounts as head of the Intelligence Committee. And they come up with this pretext, this ruse that we need to see if he's been compromised. Well, then I want to see every member of Congress. I want to see all their bank accounts and all their tax returns. And that of their children and that of their spouses. I mean, we have a right to know if any of them are compromised. On the left, they are often compromised. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. It's great to be <coughs> There I go. It's great to be back. I want to thank you. God bless you. And I will see you tomorrow. Be well. <laughs>